0: Hey, it's Carell and welcome to Life in Segments. I've been thinking a lot about dumpsters recently. I know that sounds odd, but I really, truly have been. You see, I've actually eaten out of one before when I was homeless. It was a McDonald's dumpster and the food was all wrapped, but it was a dumpster nonetheless. Each and every day out here in my alley, I see a lot of people coming through and cleaning out these dumpsters of cans and bottles. Why? Because they're desperate for money and that's their safety net. Now, I'm really worried because back in the last elections, Republicans said that these people, the poorest of the poor, that they have a safety net, that they don't really need the public services, that they're all just really lazy. Well, I kind of know the other side of that story because I've been there. So I thought instead of just talking about them or at them, we take one of our segments today on Life and Segments and go out and actually talk to the homeless and see what they think of the safety net and what would really, truly help them. Now, I've been very lucky. Because I can get up, get out of the dumpster, and leave this life behind. But so many others can't. So let's go talk to them. Also today, we're going to look at transportation, and we're going to go live on KGO AM 10. All on Carell's Life in Segments, whose career seems to have gone literally to the dumps. Stronger,
1: stronger, together. Stronger.
0: Who do you think understands the poor more, Democrats or Republicans?
1: Does it really matter who cares about the poor? They care about the election and the money.
0: What would give you hope? What could a politician do that would give you hope? That would make you feel like somebody cared? Is there anything they could do that would make you feel like yeah. they cared? Yeah. not
1: give a shit about the poor people. Not to me they themselves. could.
0: And in the winter, what about at night? There's no, is, there's no shelter? The armories yeah. don't open or anything? Or? And, you know,
1: they have a winter shelter, but the winter shelter... What, why would you want to go take and live in the shelter? You can't even take a shower. And People, here's some motherfuckers laying around you smelling like foot and ass. Oh,
2: Come on then, now. It's better out
1: here. Then you have to be inside. And then you gotta smell the foot and ass. Right, at, right. That's kind of bad. I don't want to smell foot and ass.
0: If you get sick, where do you go?
1: I've got medical. she got medical. Mama, yeah. a vet. So you go to the VA? Yeah.
0: How is the VA here in Long Beach? Man, the
1: VA, I haven't really.
0: Is it okay? I mean, you know.
1: because no, he, okay, I had a drug problem once upon a time.
0: Well, who hasn't? I lived oh, through wait, the wait, 70s. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. wait. Now, every time I go there, they want to tell me, well, we'll put you in a drug program. I don't have a drug problem. I need housing. Right. I don't need a drug program. I need a house. The waiting list for housing. Hey, it be, it's, it's,
0: it's, the waiting list closed. for housing. It's closed?
1: It's been closed for... Uh,
0: and how does it open here. up? Does someone have to die or something to, for it to open up? How does yeah. it... Really?
1: They more or less... Uh, it's closed. Wow. I had to go down to L.A. to sign up on it. they say, oh, there's enough money. Not enough
0: funding. How do you feel when you hear about there's no money for anything and that you see them spending money on so many other things
1: like war and it's no need me getting upset over something stupid. Something you can't change. Something I can't control. Right. You know, so it's no stupid. Obama I believe. Well, oh, hey, hey. So
0: you support Obama too?
1: I like him. He's okay. The first God said, I No, Clinton was the first black president. Yeah, man. Yes, he was. He was. Yes, he
0: was. This world. idea of a safety net for the poor—you guys haven't seen it. No, there,
1: there is no safety net. We've been homeless for about seven years.
0: Seven years. Yes, I was sir. only homeless for a year. Seven oh, was really? seems a long time. Oh. Do you feel there's a safety net? Anything
1: to catch you? Anything no, to help no, you? No. 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 There, there ain't no, no money. No. That we need more money. We need more. Shelters, yes, we need exactly. places to
0: go. Yeah. There are gonna be people that'll say, How could they be homeless seven years? How could they not have found a place or a job or I mean so help us understand how it turned into seven years?
1: I was a car salesman.
3: Okay. I had
1: my own car, my own house, everything. But now I came up here and met this girl. I had the disability check. We had rooms and shit. Right. I had my own stuff going on, but now It's been so long since I had my check. We had to do what we had to do.
0: I am Carell. So very glad you are joining me. Am I old or just old fashioned? That question presented itself recently and I want to hear from you because you know in this country we go bonkers, bonkers if a child is involved in any kind of sexual anything. If a teacher sleeps with a child, if a politician texts a 16 or 17-year-old girl, I mean, we just go crazy. Bernie Ward, former KGO talk show host, looked at pictures of young people, and he's in the Scout. We go crazy over it. So, knowing this, and knowing that we are a country that says 18, and if you look at anything under 18, you're an evil pervert who must be destroyed. That is our attitude around here. I mean, let's be real. If you look at anything under 18, you are an evil pervert. That's just the way that is. Well, this was right in my face this week as I went to a motorcycle show at a convention center. Now, I love the motorcycle show, and the motorcycle show attracts a lot of motorcyclists. Uh, And while there are all types of motorcyclists, there are in fact the ones who are the leather-wearing 25, 30, 35-year-old men Some of them single. A lot of them with lots of testosterone. So I go to the motorcycle show and I'm there in the parking lot and there's all these bikes and I think it's just great and fabulous. And I start to walk into the arena and I notice a gaggle of 15 year old girls in cheerleading outfit. And I wondered, hmm, what kind of bike did they ride? Uh, And here they are tossing each other about out there and doing their thing. And I'm thinking, they have cheerleaders performing at a motorcycle show? So, I walk into the motorcycle show and I notice that right next door, sharing the same lobby, is a regional high school cheerleading championship going on. And there are hundreds, hundreds of girls in cheerleading outfits with their hair all done and the tight little outfits and the, first of all, cheerleaders, you dress like tramps. I just want to say it. I want to say it out loud. Cheerleaders, tramps. Absolute trend. Have you seen how short those skirts are? Oh my God, one wind and you're their gynecologist. I'm like, who wants to see that? Uh, and I didn't find a lot of male cheerleaders, although Brian, my producer, wanted to tell me that male cheerleaders, you know Carell, male cheerleaders, what'd you say, Brian? You know Carell, male cheerleaders are called bottoms. <laughs> and I'm like, oh really? <laughs> and then he looked it up and find out, found out they're called bases, uh, which is a little different than a bottom, but he is a straight guy, what does he know about a bottom? Uh, But anyway, so all of a sudden I'm noticing these bikers, these bearded, you know, bikers were basically drooling (laughs) at the cheerleaders. And they're talking about them and they're like making sexual innuendo about them. And suddenly I got very uncomfortable, me, Mr. Progressive, Mr. Liberal. I got very uncomfortable. And we're talking about whether or not I am just old or old fashioned. We're going to play that game. And you're going to be the deciding factor. So I need to hear from you at 415 8080810, 415 8080810, on the web at Corel.media. Join me on Twitter at The Real Corel. There's a live Ustream of the show, all kinds of ways to consume me. There's a free app. Am I old or old fashioned? Because all of a sudden, I got uncomfortable. And then I got a little angry and I was walking around going, who scheduled this? Who on earth would schedule a convention of high school cheerleaders directly next to a motorcycle show? Who would do this? I mean, who at the convention center thought, no, that'll be fine? Because I'll tell you right now, the guys were leering. They were leering. And if my, my daughter would not have gone, oh, no, hell to the no. Oh, hell no. I would've been that father, like I'm a firm believer in towers. I think that towers are really under, you know, I think they get a bad rap. I feel if you have a daughter, you should probably put her in one until she's 18, quite frankly, because men are pigs. Uh, And here these men are staring and leering. And the girls are walking through the parking lot, waving at the bikers as they go by. And I'm thinking that is like dangling meat in front of a lion. And the men were acting like it. And it made me uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I was like, you know what? I, I shouldn't even worry about this. The parents didn't seem worried about it. No one seemed worried about it except me. So was I old or old-fashioned? 810 415 810 Would you let your teenage daughter in full cheerleader garb You know, which which is like, isn't that every straight guy's fantasy? Like some, isn't this, like I saw American Beauty with the dancing bag and everything. I mean, isn't this every straight guy's fantasy? Some hot little cheerleader, uh, David Lee Roth, I mean, the whole thing. Would you let your teenage daughter attend a cheerleading competition if you knew that it was next to a motorcycle convention or any such thing where there's going to be lots of guys You know, like a whatever, a a lacrosse whatever. Whatever kind of convention there's going on that there's going to be lots of men at, would you let your teenage daughter walk right through that crowd? If you got to an arena and you saw that there was a, you know, thousands of bikes and a biker convention going on, would you let your teenage daughter in a cheerleading outfit just scurry off at 14, 15, 16 years old? Because I'm telling you, I would not. I would not, because if we're gonna be this society that makes this hoopla over not sexualizing young children, and 14, 15, 16 is young, if we're we're gonna say you can't sexualize them, you can't have sex with them, you can't think of them in sexual ways, then why on earth would we parade these cheerleaders in front of anybody? I don't even know why they're allowed to go out of the house that way, because they just look like, you know, well, sex. Am I old or old-fashioned? 415-8080-810, 415-8080-810. 810 right, let's go to Cheryl, uh, who is in Sacramento. Uh, Cheryl in Sacramento, what do you have to say about this?
1: I think you are correct. I don't think you're old or old-fashioned. I, I think you're just right on with, with your opinion on it. Let
0: me ask you, would you with let your, your teenage daughter go to a conference, uh, a cheerleading conference, uh, if you knew that there was some sort of very adult conference going on next door?
1: No, I agree with you. That's a hell no.
0: Well, you know, and there were kids at the motorcycle show. Little kids, it's for families. It's not like it's it's not a family event. It is. There were lots of little kids, young kids, families.
1: That's true. That's true. I guess the, the typical crowd you would expect at the motorcycle show um, was doing what you would typically think they would do, checking out.
0: The bikes, right, but and believe me, bikes. the guys I walked out with were checking out more than bikes. I heard their comments, and that 's what made me uncomfortable i i wouldn 't have been uncomfortable at all if i hadn 't heard people talking about these cheerleaders in a very sexual way. Thanks for your call, Cheryl, Jim, welcome to the Corel cast.
3: Uh, thank you very much for uh, taking my call uh, Corel and it 's nice to hear an intelligent voice on the radio there. You are one hundred percent right. Uh, you know, uh, you are definitely not old. You are with the times and right on the mark. With well, thank saying.
0: you so much, Jim. Those are very kind words, and thank you so much for your call. You know, I don't want to be approved. I don't. I love being a progressive and a liberal and just out there to the left. Call me a socialist. I'll wear it like a badge of pride. Oh, I jiggle when I do that. Uh, I wear it like a b- <laughs> Wear it like a badge of pride. I, you know, I never want to be this old curmudgeon who's like, oh, no, these young girls and this, that, and the other thing. I never want to be that person, okay? Okay. But I don't want guys, you know, because here's the deal. If one of those guys was inappropriate with one of those girls, he would be arrested. And rightfully so, by the way. And yet, you're dangling this person right in front of these people. You know, you're dangling them right in front. How many of you know your pharmacist by their first name? More importantly, how many of the pharmacists know you by your first name? How many of them know what drugs you're taking? How many of them even care? I've been coming to the same pharmacist for 17 years. He knows more about me than I think everybody, anybody left on the planet. Uh, And there's something to be said about that kind of service. And it's disappearing. And yet it's odd that it would be disappearing because things are good in the drug business. Just this last year, 4.3 billion prescriptions given to 310 million americans at a cost of 373 billion dollars that we shelled over for drugs being a pharmacist must be like a great thing to be right you must be rolling in the dough that's not really the case for the smaller pharmacies we're going to find out as we go i feel like Hauser. he used to go and discover great little stories i have found one right inside here we're going to talk to my pharmacist paul about the state of being a pharmacist in today's multi-billion dollar drug industry let's go inside uh, so we're back here where I've never been before back here you know where the good stuff is uh, where a lot of you never come but I have to ask you you know you've been
3: my pharmacist 17 years but how long have you been a pharmacist here in Long Beach for uh, 30 years why a pharmacist I wanted to be self-employed I wanted to have my own business and and I had a, um, a knack for sciences and I really like chemistry. And
0: Is it hard? How much do you have to study to be a, how much do you have to know? Are you like, Because I treat you almost like an extension of my doctor. I ask you all kinds of medical stuff. I mean, how much do you have to know?
3: It's, it's, a, it's a really hard study. It's, it's typically four years beyond your undergraduate degree. So a lot of school. A lot of schooling. Which means a lot of loans. Yeah, yeah, especially today with the price of. Yeah, it costs a lot to be a pharmacist. It? Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, because
0: we're talking about the drug industry, and when they always oh, lots of money in the drug industry, so they're like, oh, I'll be a pharmacist. Yeah. Did you expect back then, 30 years ago, did you expect to make a, a, a good living out of being a pharmacist?
3: Uh, yes. Yeah, I expected to make a, a living. Right, you know. exactly. So what's
0: it like for a pharmacist nowadays? We, as consumers, all we see with our, our pharmacy experience is we walk up, we hand a piece of paper in, and hopefully, if there's no drama, and there seems to be a whole lot of drama these days, at some point we pick up a drug. A lot happens in between. Um, how has that changed over
3: the 30 years? How much more happens now? Well, nine out of... 10 prescriptions are paid for by insurance companies, and that's soon gonna be 10 out of 10. So, so no one pays for drugs anymore? No, no one pays. Could we? Uh, yes, sure, you can. You can pay cash if you wanted. But I mean, are they affordable enough? Could we actually pay for them? Some some drugs are, you know, uh, antibiotics that have been around a long time, some blood pressure medications. Uh, there There is a good percentage of the drugs that if you wanted to pay $20 or less for, you can, you can pay cash for them. Most people don't realize that because they just present with an insurance card and they pay a copay.
0: You know, insurance companies make a big deal about your copay. Oh, you get a $5 copay or you get a $10 copay. And they'll even base your your rates on your copay uh, sometimes. Like, well, you're paying a higher rate because you get a lower copay. What I found out was on some drugs, when I, when I hand you my $10 or my $5 or whatever my copay is, on some drugs, that might be all the money that you see. I assumed, I believe you all assume, I think everybody assumes when you go to the pharmacy, and you pay a copay. The word "co" means two, means that someone else is going to pay. And you told me that's
3: not always well, the case. It's not the case. Yeah, often. Well, and your copay is is not going to matter to me how much I get paid either. Either you'll pay a part of it, or all of it, or the insurance company will, or the the PBM, the prescription benefit manager, I should say, will pay. What is that? That's the middleman. That name makes me nauseous. Put himself in between the pharmacist and the patient. Uh, He's he's. Is it fun being a? It doesn't sound fun being a pharmacist anymore. Is it fun? Was it fun? Uh, It's fun when you deal with the patients. You know, that's the that's the best part of the day is when you're you're talking with people and helping them with their medical problems and and you're interacting with you know uh, typically over 100 patients in a day in their and their healthcare so you, you do see a lot of people and you get to interact with them and you know. But you have to put up with prescription benefit managers. Eighty percent of the day is dealing with prescription benefit managers.
0: You told me something really interesting earlier. You said there's this new drug out, uh, and it's a mixture of two drugs. And if I were to buy these two drugs on their own for a month, both drugs combined would cost me thirty bucks if I were to buy them both, or somewhere around there, thirty or, or, less. or yeah. less. Or less. Yeah. Combined in this one pill, thirteen
3: hundred. Thirteen hundred dollars.
0: How can the system sustain itself with things like that going on? And how
3: much would you? How How much would you get back on that? Probably if it cost me $1,300, it would be $1,304. Maybe. You might make four whole dollars. Yeah. And sometimes I'll lose money. Sometimes it will be $1,290. You told me that on some prescriptions, you actually go out of pocket to give the person their drug.
0: Yes. How is that possible?
3: Uh,
0: and how do you the, stay in business that way?
3: The prescri- uh, well it's 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 difficult. There's been years where I've put money back into the business rather than draw, draw a salary.
0: Are they is that on purpose? Are they trying to get rid of the small pharmacies? Oh, I
3: I definitely think they are. The 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 middlemen, the prescription benefit managers are increasingly being owned by the big pharmacies.
0: Because it's a lot of money. Three hundred and seven. You heard those numbers. Three hundred and seventy-three billion dollars last year. Four point okay. three billion
3: prescriptions. There's a lot of money in this. Someone's making a lot of money. Yeah. There's money to be made. There's money to be made in, in rebates from, from uh, drug manufacturers. They'll pay to get their drug on the formulary. Uh, there's money to be made in a spread. Have you thought about like, okay, I'm done. I, I, oh, Yanko. Yeah. 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 All at a time. Cause I'm in the entertainment business.
0: I think about that all the time. I quit. I'm done. Okay, Hollywood, you beat me. It's like you know. It's like we don't have work. They're called managers. Our prescription benefit managers. So why do you stay then?
3: Uh, I I like my job. I like I like. Um I like my customers. I've been here so long, I, I know all of my customers personally.
0: Well, and you've done, I remember, you know, when Andrew needed drugs, true story, and my late husband, Andrew, we needed something that was experimental. It was four grand for a box of this stuff. They, we didn't know whether insurance was going to cover it or not. You just gave it to us for three weeks. You said, here, we'll work it out. And in the end, we ended up not work, you ended up getting screwed on that deal, actually. I believe the insurance company ended up not paying you for one of the boxes or something. It was just horrifying when I found out. But, you know, you've done that, you've collected drugs. Drugs for HIV patients back when they because they're hugely expensive. These drugs you've collected extra drugs for them. You've been a real part of the community. What happens to the community when we don't have that anymore?
3: They go to a chain pharmacy. They go. They they're forced into mail order. They lose that personal contact with their pharmacist. Um, and and the community loses something. Oh, abs- oh absolutely. Loses a uh, an employer, they lose a pharmacist. If you weren't here, there'd be a lot of jobs that weren't here mm-hmm. over the years. And your family would be supported and we're a
0: part of the community. So, how long do you see pharmacies like this lasting in America, do you think? Uh, how long can you guys hold out?
3: Well, I think today you need to specialize. You need to have some kind of niche. And then you need to negotiate with the PBMs to sell that niche to them. Um, you know, um, how long can we hold out? Right now I make less money, and I have for more than 10 years, I've made less money than what I can make working a 40-hour week for With zero competition. headaches. Yeah, with
0: zero yeah. headaches.
3: With a whole lot, yeah, with yeah. zero headaches. So in other words, the the people that it's like
0: entertainers; so, uh, those that'll love it, stay in it, yeah. and those that can leave. Yes. Yeah, because could, you couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything else. So yeah. you were showing me one of these these uh, claim kickback sort of things, where almost like you have to pay the insurance company to to fill a prescription, basically.
3: Uh, this is, this is really interesting. I just noticed this started happening in the last six months, and here's where someone's medication. It's a blood pressure medication, very inexpensive. Cost um, my my cost is a dollar sixty four. Um, the PBM, a prescription benefit manager, says, "Okay, we'll pay that dollar sixty four plus. We're going to give you a dollar and thirty five cents for filling that prescription." How big of them? Yes, it's very nice <laughs> of considering them. my vials are fifty cents each, my yeah. label's about a dime, and there's power. yeah you know, there's all of the old ranch. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to give me a dollar and. And, uh, but, so that that comes out to about $2 and 90, I don't know, 99 cents that uh, the total cost. Now we were talking about co-pays. Right. Uh, The the PBM says, well, wait a minute. We see an opportunity here. How about you charge the patient $5 and 49 cents? Not $2 and 99 cents, but $5 and 49 cents. And give us back $2 and 50 cents. So now I'm paying them. They're, the the patient's paying five dollars and forty nine cents. He thinks he's just paying a copay, and the prescription and the prescription benefit manager is collecting from me. He filled his prescription, and they're getting two dollars and fifty cents from me. They have me paying them. I think it's just it's a they, boy. But boy, I'm about to say they have figured that out, haven't they?
1: Hey, yes. Yeah.
0: It we is the Carell cast. I am Carell. That is my friend Thea Austin, Life Maze, a song I'm lucky enough to have co-written. All right. You know, gay marriage is in the news and the sanctity of marriage and manage, 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 But let's be real. 50% of marriages statistically end in divorce. Now, I love my kids. And when I say kids, I mean my kids. But my kids have four paws. And no, it's not a genetic de- a defect. They're supposed to have them. Uh, And that's because my pets are my children. And many, many, many of you are exactly the same way. Uh, And that's why I decided to get Kristen Lowe on the phone. She specializes in things like puppy prenups uh, and whether or not you need them. And it is something that one must consider in the changing world because the last thing you want uh, is to have some knockdown drag out over the dog. Uh, And so, Kristen, let's talk about that. First of all, thank you for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, let's talk about this. Um, If you're going into a relationship and it's serious and, and he or she has proposed to you and you are bringing a pet to the relationship, should you actually ask for a prenup about that pet?
2: Well, it depends on how the ownership of the puppy is. So the and most whether or not you really is, want to get
0: married, because you ask me for a prenup,
2: and I'll say, get out, out. <laughs> exactly, and people don't understand. I mean, our pets are our children. I'm a pet mother as well, and I, met I your cannot pets online. imagine yes. having to fight over my babies.
0: Right, you have yours
2: online, Angel and... And
0: Murphy, Yeah, Angel and Murphy, they're at kristenlow.com under your pet blog, which is where I found out about this. When I Googled, you know, pet rights and stuff, your name came up. I read your blog. Uh, at KristenLowLaw.com, uh, uh, Kristen, uh, right? Oh, yes, correct. that's where I read your blog about this. And I thought, wow, that really does complicate a divorce. Now, my late husband, Andrew, he passed away. But uh, uh, um, Owen was a chow-chow and bonded with him. and was like his dog. Allie sort of bonded with me. Had we ever gotten divorced... There might have been a fight about keeping them together and I can't imagine what that's like going through. I bet it gets ugly.
2: It does get ugly because unlike children, you can't rationalize it with a pet. You can't explain to your beloved pets why you're no longer seeing mommy or daddy on a regular basis. It's heartbreaking And, and especially given the fact that, you know, when we have human children, we expect them to outlive us. Right. The reality is is that with our first children. They're not going to outlive us and, and their days are limited on this earth and it's so important that you want as much time with them as possible and it's just devastating in a divorce.
0: Let's talk about the law because the law doesn't see them as anything more than property, correct?
2: That is absolutely correct, and that is just one of the very, very tough That draconian. Foods. That's draconian to me. It is, it is. It's absolutely horrible to think that my beloved golden retriever is something that should be divided by. It's the like law. a
0: sofa, yeah. Exactly. You know, the military up until just recently uh, classified their working animals as, um, uh, I believe, as property. And that's why they were able to actually mistreat them. And I know some people that got that changed. And maybe it's time in our law that we codify our special relationship with pets.
2: Absolutely. And they're starting to make some changes right now. So in cases of domestic violence, if you were to file a restraining order, you can actually get temporary pet custody. Oh, wow. So that's one small way in which California is starting to recognize how important our pets are to us.
0: Kristen, though, is my guest. Uh, cristin com is where you, if you want to go and read this editorial about, you know, about pets and the law. There's lots of other opinions out there about it. But, Kristen, I have to tell you, this is an emerging emerging part of law now right there's uh now this kind of law is getting its family law correct correct it is family law and so
2: this pets and pet prenups and who gets custody of pets this is becoming a bigger issue it is an enormous issue and with the fertility rates going down people are realizing that fur children are just as good if not better than real children in san francisco there's more dogs than there are actual children i believe it absolutely is there a Is there
0: an amicable way to work this out, like, you know, weekends the same way? Should you think about it if you're facing this problem? Think about it like it were a real child. In other words, okay, you can take them on the weekends or you can have a vacation every month. You know what
2: what I mean? That's exactly what I advise my clients to do, which is treat them like children. Come up with a parenting plan, a a parenting schedule. The unique situation, though, is, is what I referenced before, which is they're not going to outlive us. And you have to figure out how to get on the same page with their last days and the medical bills and what sort of measures you will or will not take.
0: Absolutely. Christian, I can't even thank you. Uh, there's so much we could talk about here. Uh, but the basics are this. If you really are bringing a puppy into the relationship, it's your dog, you're bringing it into the relationship, and you're in any way not sure, do get a prenup to protect your dog. Uh, and second of all, if you should find yourself in this sort of, uh, sort of mix-up, Treat the, ch- child, the animal like it's a child and try to think about what's best for it.
2: Absolutely. With separate property, keep it in your name. The dog has a title. Think of it, unfortunately, like property.
0: So keep, keep it in your name. name. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that includes vet bills and everything. Pay for them yourself. Correct. All right. Good advice, Kristen Lowe. Kristen Lowe, attorney, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
2: you for having me. All right.
0: Friend. I am Carell. You know I'm always on the side of pets. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Carell. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Corel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice, and then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Carell. Be who you want to be so it don't hurt anybody and subscribe and participate today.